The holidays are upon us, and the wealth of video game sales are upon us as well. Which games are we looking forward to? That's what we're asking today on Sprites and Dice. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Sprites and Dice podcast, where we talk about gaming news, reviews, opinions, and thoughts, all in 45 minutes or less. My name is Wyatt Krause, and I am joined by Adam, our editor. Hello. And now for the first time, our new writer and contributor, Otto. Hi there. This podcast episode is one dedicated to video games. Yes, I know the last two have been board game themed, but we're finally getting back on track, and we're going back towards video games. More specifically, we're going to be covering the wealth of new games that are going to be available to us during the holiday season. There are a lot of sales out there, and there's pl- there's plenty for the taking. We are recording this on December 3rd, so Black Friday already has come and gone, but there are still plenty of deals out there ready to grab. Before we get to that, though, Otto, it's time to put you on the spot. Every time we have a new person on this podcast, we ask them a pretty broad question. Why do you play games? And if you have favorites... What are they and why? Okay, so I, I've played games just forever for as long as I remember because it's just what I've loved to play. It's my, you know, I've not watched a lot of TV. I never was a huge fan of movies. I just loved sinking hours and hours and hours into games. So actually, I got a question for you right off the bat. I know me and Adam, we are the start of our 30s and you're at the start of your 20s. Yeah. So we were told growing up, at least I was. Why? Now everybody knows how old we are. <laughs> I know that when we were growing up, we were told, don't play video games, they'll turn your mind to mush, watch TV or read books instead. Did you ever have that problem? <laughs> I kind of got the, I kind of got both ends of that stick, um, because what TV I did watch, at least when I was way back when I was a kid, I watched a lot of, um, a lot of cartoons, so right. I watched a lot of Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and my parents hated me watching that show, and um, they they kind of liked it when I played played games in front of them because they liked seeing you know how technology was changing. I think that's because my, my dad used to be a he when the um, NES came out. My dad got the original Mario Brothers game. Okay, and he sunk hours into that, so he loved watching me play uh, like Spyro and stuff. I'm actually, I'm actually confused because I can understand the reading a book thing is an argument to an alternative to playing video games, but sitting in front of a TV watching a TV show, sitting in front of a video game where you are also looking at a TV... This was the early 90s. Right, not, 90s logic. <laughs> Nothing made sense. We still have the 80s. Got it. 90s logic. So why do you still play games? Obviously you started playing them young, but why do they speak to you? Now I play games a lot for the story of them um, because I see I see games as a way and you know if you if you read my RimWorld review you would you would know this I love the way that stories can be told in games because of the way that you yourself interact and kind of shape your own story it's why I love RimWorld which you know it, it's built around storytelling AI it's very that, procedural because you're controlling that colony and they mm-hmm. can live or die and they have their names like XCOM when we wrote those articles yeah, yeah. oh yeah and it's it's very much the same with my favorite title of all time is um, Fallout New Vegas and that game's story is just beautifully made it the world is built to a t where you don't question everything you know you even see like where these people in the wasteland grow their food and it's just small mm-hmm. stuff like that that i just go wow they put their time into this and they built a world fair enough 
So I know we're probably going to talk about favorites soon, so I'll save that one for a little bit later in this podcast. But before we get to the main topic, we are going to be talking about holiday sales, the brand new games that are out. And this is the start of December, so we have to at least mention the topic that seems to be on the tongue of every journalist, critic, or content creator in the video game universe. The elephant in the room is loot boxes. Oh, yeah. The elephant in the loot box. I'm sorry, Wyatt. You didn't get the elephant in this loot box. You should spend ten more dollars on loot boxes. <laughs> so uh, this is going to be interesting because one of my favorite games that I still play just when I need a little bit of time to relax is Heroes of the Storm, which does have loot boxes. Blizzard uses loot boxes all the time. But then we have the new games like Battlefront Two. Oh yeah. The new Lord of the Rings game with loot boxes, and those have a lot of negative Shadow War. Yeah. yeah. So. Otto, I know you're writing about it kind of going more in depth, so I want kind of your original take on it. So what I found is in the way that loot boxes, you know, are being incorporated into games now, outside of what we've, what, you know, Overwatch has done and kind of games before Overwatch, they only make the loot box drops cosmetics. And now we're, we're seeing games are ins- inserting loot boxes more into their core mechanics, you know, they're... It's gotten to the point where they're undermining the core facets of games. For example, in Shadow of War, um, what used to be these unique characters, the orcs, you know, part of the nemesis system that really made Shadow of War so unique and, you know, gave me, when I played Shadow of Mordor, you know, such a unique experience, I played it like two or three times. Right, so I mean, you've got open world games and the way that the Lord of the Rings series kind of made itself feel special was that you would kind of have these relationships grow with your nemesis, with these other orcs, and if you, in the new game, you can kind of capture them and bring them in. Yeah, but in Shadow of War, you can now unbox orcs from loot boxes, and that just cheapened the entire experience for me, Mm. you know? It kind of undermined all that creativity that the developers uh, at Monolith put into those orcs, because, you know, usually it it would be, you know, I met this orc named Drax the Impaler, and he killed me, and then I got him back, and then he came back from the dead with a hook arm, and now me and a friend have Drax the Impaler, and the unique experience for me is gone. Because those guys didn't have to go through that story in order to get him or mm-hmm. capture him? Because they, you can just get him out of a loot box now. Got it. It's it's no longer a unique thing. They've become, they've been commodified. Got you it. Know? So I have not actually played Battlefront 2 or the new Lord of the Rings game. When I hear these sort of arguments or issues where in order to unlock lots of content, you have to play loot boxes, I avoid those games now. Yeah. So I have to ask you, is there an in-game currency you build up so you can buy loot boxes with an in-game currency? In Battlefront 2, there is. In Battlefront 2, the main way that you progress through building up your classes and building up your characters is through loot boxes. Okay. Instead of, you know, in other uh, first-person shoots, you know, take, for example, any Call of Duty or Battlefield game. If you play more with a certain class or play more with a certain gun, you'll, you know, eventually get upgrades for those guns, upgrades for those classes. But in Battlefront 2, everything is completely randomized. So say you're playing a stormtrooper, a heavy stormtrooper with a Gatling laser gun, right? You're not guaranteed to always get upgrades for that class, even if that's the only class that you even care about playing. Loot boxes will give you four or five random random drops mm-hmm. that could be upgrades for anything in the game. So the Shadows of Mortar game, is that one only purchasable? There's no way to get it in-game? 
I believe you can only purchase the loot boxes. Okay. Yeah, there are there are like daily loot boxes that you can get if I remember right. Mm-hmm. But other than that, all the loot boxes are solely purchasable. So my first to segue for our one exception towards board games, my first example of loot boxes would be Magic the Gathering. I mean, mm-hmm. you're opening up card That's packs. That's true. I never <laughs> thought about them like that, but they are, it's kind of like a loot box. It's the exact same thing. So just going to talk about board games for a quick second. You play Magic the Gathering, that's sort of like the original loot box, right? You're opening a random, random pack chest, of cards, yeah. you're getting cards, and you're playing. And I think the reason why it feels different is in that system, it's kind of understood you're buying a physical material object in order to unlock that. While now it's become digitized. Well, what I'd say about that as well is, you know, when you're buying a pack of cards, you're buying the pack of cards and building upon what you have. These are two games that are full AAA. You're pumping $60 into each of these purchases already. Right. And then things are in Battlefront 2. Everything's locked from the get-go when you paid $60 for this. So it's it's just like asking you for more and more money for what used to be a complete game. I think also with the with the board game example with the magic packs too, you get value out of those cards, whether you use them or not. Mm. You can sell them back to a store, you can trade them with a friend. What can you do with Vlad the Impaler Orc when you get a copy you can't give him to anybody? He's not, you know, deconstructible for in-game currency, right? So So I'm definitely going off of my current kind of arc that I was doing for this, because this then goes into Magic the Gathering versus Hearthstone, which is an online trading card card game. game. But in those games, if you get cards you don't want, you can deconstruct them for some value. Not and a then perfect you can system. construct the cards that you want eventually out of all the dust that you've accumulated. So there's the kind cards, of a yeah. way to get around that at least yeah. a little bit. It's not a perfect system, and people can argue back and forth. But what, right now what I'm looking for are the Stark, this is obviously not the way to do it, and then here's the way to actually do it. The first time I've actually seen a loot box system in a video game was Mass Effect 3. Now, in Mass Effect 3, it never happens during the single-player story. The single player story, you play through the whole game, you get to the ending, you get angry about the ending, at least most <laughs> people do. Yes. Or you enjoy the ending, what have you, I'm not going to judge. Uh, <laughs> you play through that, and then you play, the, I open up the multiplayer, and went, oh wait, there's a multiplayer in Mass Effect? Yeah, shout outs to EA for kind of just shoehorning that one in. You know what, the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, I had a really good time because I like, well, I like co-op horde modes. I like playing with other people and on the same team against massive foes that kind of come at you wave after wave. So I enjoyed that. In my opinion, that wasn't a terrible way to use loot boxes, but that was also kind of like dipping their toes in the water and kind of seeing how it worked. Because in that game, the loot boxes were something that you can earn by just playing the game, and you would unlock it, and you could unlock new characters that had different abilities. You could get improvements to your weapons that you could equip to different characters. But it was only for the multiplayer. It never interfered with the story. It never interfered with the feeling of going through the epic tale and finishing things out. Also, you were playing co-op, right? You weren't shooting other players, were you? I was not shooting other players. So then there's the other thing, too. When you're getting power-ups out of a loot box, it's fun to get powered up and go kill the monsters, right? But if you're playing other people and then the loot boxes throw off core game balance, Mm. that causes an issue for people that don't buy the loot boxes. Exactly. Loot boxes do not have for me for someone that loves multiplayer games that loved you know battlefield 4 battlefield 3 and before that a lot of the call of duty games i cannot imagine 
how those games would have been different if you could power yourself up with a, a random drop or anything yeah. like that in a competitive multiplayer scene. Loot boxes that, that affect that gameplay do not belong. So that's kind of where we're going to draw the line right there, is that if it is something that interferes with the feeling of the core game or the story or the competitiveness, that's mm-hmm. where that should be a hard stop for those issues. It ends up, like, like I said, it ends up cheapening the entire feeling. You know, when, so, when you buy a game and you feel like you're good at it, that's really rewarding in itself. Then there's the opportunity for someone who just comes in and they can drop 100, 200, you know, however much money it, it would be. To me, it's insane to drop that much money on a game after purchasing it. Mm-hmm. But that option is open to you to just drop a bunch of money on a game after buying it and then be better at that game than people who have played it for 100 hours. Just because you, your character, at its base, is better. Okay. So we have the obvious, this is bad, side of the spectrum. Yeah. And then we kind of have where things started from, card games, ironically, and then how they've kind of translated over. I want to kind of talk about a gray area that a lot of people can't seem to agree on, which is Blizzard. Because Blizzard has sort of definitely jumped in and gone loot box heavy in all their different games. Yeah, they recently remade uh, their MOBA Heroes of the Storm, and I remember it prior to that where it didn't have the loot boxes. Right. Um, but after they saw how well it did during Overwatch... Why not, right? So let's let's talk about that. I thought you were going to say, we've heard the bad side. Well, let's hear the good side. Here is my opinion of the good side. Mm. You are giving money to the developers to then go ahead and get maybe more content released for free. Because, like, Heroes of the Storm, a new hero will drop. You can buy them right away, but you can save your in-game currency. You can essentially, quote-unquote, get them for free just because you've played enough hours of the game, if you want. And supporting the developers by buying loot boxes is not a bad thing, especially when it's cosmetic only and it's, it's not changing that core gameplay. So my arc with History of Loot Boxes goes Mass Effect 3 saying, hey, this is kind of cool. I liked opening magic cards back when I used to play and I had money, but I can earn this by playing the game. So I I never spent money on uh, Mass Effect 3. I just earned a few, unlocked a few, had a really good time, and you could still level up. You still had experience points. The next thing I did was League of Legends. This is 2012. I was part of the beta, and I went, wait, this is a game that's entirely free, I can jump in, and people can buy cosmetics. This is really, really, really cool. I really enjoy this. Give it two or three months into release, and I remember seeing a Penny Arcade article, or a comic, where um, Gabe and Tycho were talking about, oh yeah, this game is great, it's free, it's wonderful, look at all the stuff I can get just for free content, for new skins and all this, and I I think Tycho was asking Gabe, so how much money have you spent? And it just zooms in on Tycho's face, I have spent $1,000 on this free game, and it all goes bright red. And that's kind of when I went, hmm, maybe there is sort of the negative side to this. Or, you know, you can still spend money on these games that do loot boxes correctly. You can still go overboard. I almost think of it as a pay-what-you-want system because you can play it completely for free if you want. I play Heroes of the Storm more or less for free. Right. I know why you've spent a little bit of money on it. Um, But if someone wants to, they can. What I found is that while I'm actively playing a game that is free to play, but they have sort of a cosmetic system or a way to kind of speed up getting one or two heroes, I'll either buy a $10 or a $20 gift card once a year. And then I wait for a Black Friday, I wait for a deal, and I go, all right, I want to give money to this game. And it's a cool way to say thank you to the developers for giving you what is essentially this free game. Right, Right, like World of Warcraft you spend 15 bucks a month on, or, you know, a lot of MMOs you do. So for me, it was like, okay, 10 or $15, and I'm playing X amount of hours. I feel 
not indebted, but I'm like, okay, this is sort of me saying I'm going to earn this, I'm going to play this, and I can move on and just keep earning things on my own. TF2, I mean, they did it. Loot boxes the best way, and I think they did it way before um, Mass Effect. Because when did Mass Effect Three come out? It was. I'm gonna 20. get my dates wrong, but I believe Team Fortress Two was earlier. I just yeah. never got into that world. I got I. It, it was one of the first PC games that I ended up playing on a dinky little laptop way back. But I I picked up TF2 while it was free. I ended up just using the stock loadouts for that game because I, I was a I loved the soldier in that with his rocket launcher and even though you could get cosmetics out of the loot boxes in that game right you could get you know strange weapons or just regular weapons out of the loot boxes in that game i found myself that that was all just so purely optional to me you didn't need any of that you could run mm -hmm. with the stock builds of characters and it would not make a lick of difference as long as you were good at the game team fortress 2 is my example for how loot boxes okay. should be done and and i'm going to chime in here. The, the game balance was good. I remember oh, yeah. getting some of those weird weapons and being, ooh, let me try this new play style for this hero, and then mm -hmm. going back to the stock loadout right. and realizing that it was still really good. Yeah. You, yeah. There, it was so well balanced that even if you did want to use something different, you could still you do good. You weren't missing out, yeah. Really. yeah. Yeah. Now, actually, just because I've heard about how bombastic the arguments are, I listened to the Jim Inquisition arguments about loot boxes very much talking about how he's looked into and actually done really good research oh yeah into how ea is working with marketing teams to kind of bring in loot boxes and make them core to games and that that is very very negative and i agree with him on that 110 percent. but then we go to sort of the good loot boxes free to play games you can earn on your own that's important you can still earn the currency on your own for unlocking heroes getting parts of the game in order to keep it going that's a huge tenant for, for me for loot boxes. Jim Inquisition actually really doesn't like Blizzard using loot boxes at all. And one of the main reasons is Overwatch. Because Overwatch is $40 to get in. Absolutely. And then you have loot boxes on top of doing a $40. You kind of talked about this a little bit already. I find it kind of hard to justify loot boxes in a game that you already pay for. Uh, I'm, I might just be of the old mindset that when you pay for a game that you should have full access to the entirety of that game without having to throw any more money at it. And yes, you don't have to throw more money at Overwatch, but when you leave everything up to chance and when you just want that one Mercy Witch skin... I, I heard on. the rage. I remember the rage about that. Oh, I, I still don't have the, the Summer Games Genji skin. Right? So. Like, you just want that. And you, you know, you play the game for 40 hours during that one week and you don't mm -hmm. get it. It's... Can I ask a question here? What if oh, what if Blizzard had said with Overwatch, all right, 40 bucks, here's the game, but we're going to release a DLC a year from now and you'll get Sombra, Anna, Doomfist, and Arisa in it. But because, you have to pay $15 for this DLC. Right, because, I mean, right now every hero is free. They just released the right. newest heroes, Moira, Doomfist. Well, Moira's, Moira's coming, yeah. But, you know, Doomfist, Sombra, Anna, and they were all free. And Arisa, I was able, yeah. I was able to actually... You know, put down the game for five or six months and go, hey, let me pick it up for a few rounds. And I was able to try new heroes and not having to spend that extra money. That was still accessible. It was still only cosmetic for the loot boxes. I think, well, Overwatch has also set itself up in that way. Um, mostly because of how Blizzard's been marketing it. They've been pushing Overwatch as a new competitive esport. Mm -hmm. And 
when you get into that scene, you can't really lock content behind paywalls. You need to have everyone be on the same playing field mm -hmm. when you're going for a esports ready game. It, it would be unfair to have some players be able to play characters while others are unable to, especially in you know the top 500 right. uh, ranks of Overwatch. There would be if you know. One team could play as Moira and the other one couldn't, but one could play as Sombra and the other one couldn't. That would, you know, throw balance right out the window. Mm. So, we've obviously we, we've pinned down where the bad just to wrap this up because we got to move on. We pinned down where the bad things are. What is a good version of loot boxing, or can we say at least less bad? Like, what 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 is your final thoughts on it? Do it like TF2. If you release a free-to-play game that is good on its own, but you still have loot boxes in there that are cosmetic, that affect the uh, gameplay in ways that, you know, you can all op open up weapons in TF2's loot boxes the same way that you can just earn them by playing the game for, you know, mm -hmm. X amount of hours. And I remember getting a lot of items, um, a lot of weapons in TF2 just by going through the game. Right. And it was fantastic. I didn't have to worry a whole bunch about spending cash on it. I only did it when I really wanted a certain strange or a certain cosmetic. So if loot boxes have to be in a game, I hope that they do it the TF2 style and not release it with a game that you already have to pay 40 or $60 on. For me, uh, MOBAs are one of the great ways that... It's been managed in a way that is accessible, but they can still have that because, I mean, they do have to manage these massive servers and keep them going. They make it so you can still play the base game. They're not locking story, and they're not locking balance behind paywalls because you still have the rotating heroes that you can try while they're still, you know, accessible every week. You can try things out, and you the most important thing for me, you can earn them over playing over time. If the loot boxes are just cosmetic and it's because you become a diehard fan of the game, because, let's be honest, it's the 21st century. People love to go nuts about one or two game worlds or systems, and that's part of the fun for some people, is to become a diehard fan and eat up everything that's in there. I can understand trying to go loot box heavy for cosmetics to keep these games alive. So for me, the way that League of Legends and the way Heroes of the Storm have done it, I can accept, and I appreciate the fact that I was able to get into them and try them on my own without having to spend money up front. I think you two have already hit on couple of things I was going to say already. I think they have a place in games that were already free to play because you don't have that pay to get into the game. I also think that they're great in that MOBA sense where if this is a game you absolutely go nuts for, yeah, sure, get yourself some loot boxes. But also I like that you can earn them with just in-game currency and just in-game leveling up and playing. I think my final contribution is, yeah, if they're strictly cosmetic, if they strictly do not change the balance of the game, that's where I feel like loot boxes belong. I'm not as big of uh, up in arms about Overwatch having loot boxes, even though it was a $40 to purchase game. Because ultimately, I can earn some free loot boxes just by playing, right. and ultimately, yes, they're just cosmetics. They don't change how the game plays at all. All right, well, there's three different opinions that kind of line up at least a little bit. That's Those are our thoughts. If you have different opinions, everyone has an opinion about this case. You can always leave us a comment on our Facebook, on our Twitter or on the podcast itself when it goes out on iTunes and all the other places it ends up. With that being said, enough has been said about it. That's our quick piece on it. We should move on to the holidays. Let's be honest, it is December 3rd. 
Black Friday has come and gone, so the, the major rush and craze for all the major sales has happened. I ended up getting a smart TV so I could play some games on 4K. I accepted that like a year ago and said, I'm going to save up, do my research, go out and get that. But I do know that a lot of people were kind of really excited this holiday season to try out new games or have things be more accessible. Um, a lot of systems were on sale. But before we get to the sales, we have to mention one particular brand that has no sales whatsoever during this holiday season. The Nintendo Switch is kind of outperforming expectations, I think. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. Um, In GameSpot article released recently, they tell that the Switch essentially won Black Friday, beating out uh, Sony's PS4 and PS4 Pro, is, right. is it? And yeah. uh, Microsoft's Xbox One Xbox One S, even though... No sales on the Switch. Absolutely no sales. There were some new bundles. Guilty. Guilty. I'm sorry. <laughs> so here's my quick Switch story. I walked into a GameStop a couple weeks ago to buy games for other people for gifts and walked out with Switch for myself. Literally just because. Did you still buy the gifts for other people? Yes, I still bought the gifts okay, for Okay, so people. you're not an entirely horrible person. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, again, last year I said, okay, the Switch is going to be out. I watched my friend. He brought it to PAX East. I said, this is really cool. I want to play Breath of the Wild. I'm going to wait for Black Friday because Black Friday... There's a good deal. I thought the same thing. And nada. And then I didn't care. That's how good the system is. That's how good it's being received by different gamers, is that it doesn't need to have a sale to be accessible to people. Yeah, I remember once upon a time in a podcast where we had said, like, predictions about the Switch, and I had said something like, I feel like what they learned from the motion control of the Wii and the screen tablet thing from the Wii U, they're going to they're gonna hit stride with this one, and they really did. It doesn't, honestly, it does not surprise me that the Switch hasn't even gone on sale. This is classic Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo loves and cherishes everything that it makes and holds it to a high regard because, honestly, most of the stuff that they do should be held up there, you know? It's why Nintendo games don't even go on sale four years after they come out. I guarantee you, if you look in a GameSpot, uh, GameStop right now, Brawl is still $30. Probably. Yeah. I know that... It is harder to find sales on games for Nintendo. I, I don't have a Switch yet myself. I've been I'm still holding out hope, or I was hoping by now. They may eventually. Maybe this Christmas season. Maybe. I, yeah. I by this point, if if they were going to have a sale on the system, it would have been Black Friday yeah. to compete. Yeah. I can hope, all right? Nintendo was the master, I think, of bundles, which is where they were at for Black Friday, where they're still at right now. And there are the masters of re-releasing things. So right now you've got the Mario bundle. And I did get Mario. I did not get the bundle. Okay. Um, But it's the same pretty much 300 for the console. You get a carrying case, which is Mario-themed. You get bright red Joy-Cons if you love Mario. uh, And you get the game. I'm probably going to hold out for them to release the Pokemon carrying case and all that when the next Pokemon title that goes for the Switch actually releases. Whenever that is. Whenever that, probably going to be a year or two. So actually kind of um, talking about that, it's funny that you found that article talking about how they still won in terms of sales, in terms of marketing and everything else, because there were some crazy deals that happened. I, I know the PlayStation 2, you could buy a new one for $200. You could buy one of the older versions of the Xbox One S, I believe. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I think it was the Xbox One S. You could buy that one for $200. They had bundles. They went all in. You could see the advertisements on television. And the Switch still went out over them. Yeah. Well, you got to give it to Nintendo for being able to keep their IPs on their own console and produce some incredible games. I mean, think about it. Breath of the Wild, ARMS. I mean, personally, I love ARMS. That's just like on my that, list. That game... 
That's that spring arm fighting yeah. game. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. Nintendo's it's so, so interesting. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo's so interesting because they are a very hit or miss mm-hmm. developer. And, and uh, this year's just been hit after hit. Yes, they, they, they finally had a really on year after kind of having this big up and down and very roller coastery. It seems like they've just really managed to find their stride. Going on to the other teams, they've really kind of taken their previous consoles, right, and marked them down. So the PlayStation 4 is now very accessible. We went up $200 for during Black Friday. Those sales are gone. But they didn't actually put on to sale the PS4 Pro. Same thing with the Xbox. They now have the new Xbox One X, which was the whole, this can play four, sorry. Oh, the Project Scorpio? Yeah, the Project Scorpio. Yeah. That's how I know it, because it's a cooler name than the Xbox One it's X. It's a lot it's a cooler name. It's a lot cooler. But that's the one that can play 4K Ultra. It can have all these extra bells and whistles and everything else, and it came out to like $400, and I haven't heard of it Ooh. in comparison. Because it's trying to be this giant workhorse, this giant powerhouse. Didn't really see any deals, didn't see any even mention of that during the holiday season. They were just trying to sell out their older versions of the console. Actually, Black Friday has come and gone. If you are an Xbox fan out there, the Xbox One S actually is still at GameStop right now, as we record this, for $190, which is really dirt cheap for a modern system. It's less than the Switch. I mean, the Switch is still 300 So, I mean, if, if you are a fan of kind of the more, I don't want to say more modern, because... Um, Switch is modern, but the more kind of classic shooter. It's funny that uh, we're saying classics are the Xbox, but sort of you know the shooters, a lot more of the games that are trying to be photorealistic and have a lot of power behind them. That is a really good deal for an Xbox. Mm-hmm. For any of our listeners that are out there, again, right now the PlayStation, as we record this, is not on sale anymore. The Xbox One S is. However, every weekend leading up to Christmas, these can change. Definitely check Amazon. Check Target, check Best Buy, and check GameStop. If you are looking for a deal on consoles or some of the high-end games, that's where you want to go to just see if things pop up because those things will change week after week during the holiday season. And if you're a PC gamer like I am, you definitely want to check out the Humble Bundle. Oh, yeah, every, they always do a every, big one. Every couple of weeks they give out a free game to users. I just got Killer is Dead for free and um, the Bureau XCOM Declassified, which is Ooh. that... That um, really, it released to lukewarm reviews, that first-person uh, XCOM game. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It had these fantastic trailers, and I was, like, insane about it when it was um, on the way to coming out, and then it came out to, like, 6 out of 10, 5 out of 10 yeah. reviews. But, you know, I still got it for free, and they absolutely have huge bundles that you can spend, you know, 10 bucks on and end up with five pretty decent games. If you want to talk about bundling... If there is one kind of new thing in gaming that might be more accessible because of the holiday deals, that is VR. Mm. One reason is that VR came out, and it came out to, again, a lukewarm sort of reaction. People really liked the idea of VR, but then they saw, okay, I have to buy the setup for VR, and then I have to buy the microphone, or maybe the camera, or maybe the controller separately then. And that kind of, when they started totaling up those costs and it wasn't included, people went, eh, maybe, maybe later. And I always ask, what's going on with the software? Like, what is there to play on VR? And, you know, right, there was a lot of just tech demo-y stuff at the very, very right. beginning. We're starting to see some games now, but... We're starting to... What I found really interesting is, like, unlike the Xbox Connect or other kind of peripherals that kind of have went up and then shot back down again, VR has a lot of promise, and a lot of the big-name industries are not trying to make first-person games. 
but instead they're actually been licensing out to indie developers. Like when you go to PAX East, you'll actually see indie VR games. And you're like, wait, what are you talking about here? I, again, at PAX Unplugged, I was able to actually play um, Catan VR, and that was an experience I thought was going to be lukewarm. I enjoyed the heck out of that. That was great. I know Eric played a game called Blasters of the Universe, which was sort of like a first-person shooter, but when you dodged your head, you could actually dodge the bullets coming at you and stuff like that. It was like a, it was like a bullet hell yes. VR experience. Bullet yeah. hell VR. And then I know there was a really great game that people talk about called Don't Talk or Everybody Explodes. Or no, don't stop talking or everyone explodes. Oh yeah, so that, oh, that's the yeah. one where one person is diffusing a bomb and the other one's reading the manual yeah. and the bomb diffuser has to describe it to the other person I've so they can be so walked through it. I've seen so much gameplay of that. That yeah. looks so much fun. So it's, a, it's got a lot of really cool ideas and now it's gotten to this critical point where now there's enough where people are really starting to get interested. At the same time, the cost has gone down. The Oculus Rift, actually with the touch controllers during Black Friday, was only $350. That deal is now gone. Again, like we were talking about before, that deal might come back. However, PlayStation VR has a $300 deal, everything included that you need to start playing, and Gran Turismo VR, I think. And then there's the Skyrim VR. In the month coming up, I think Doom just released two days ago. Doom, yep. And in about another 10 days, we have Fallout, Fallout VR. So Fallout people, VR, yeah. people are kind of like, all right, maybe now is the time. So you want to look for those deals. It's gone, oh, it's gone to the point where AAA developers are finally looking at VR as... Um, I don't know if they're going to look at it as a primary release option, but they're, you know, if Bethesda's indicated anything, you know, they love getting their games out in as many ways possible, mm-hmm. and they see uh, VR as an option for their, for their major titles. I feel obliged to point out, too, that, like, if you use your PlayStation as, like, your media center in your house, I've been hearing a lot of stuff, too, that, like, VR may have a future in games, but it seems to have a really strong leaning towards, like, watching movies, you know, media stuff. Mm. So, and and it makes me think about PlayStation's stance compared to Nintendo, where Nintendo wants to be super innovative and unique with their console, and you, you can take it with you. And PlayStation says, well, no, we want our console to be a, a center for DVDs and movies and all kinds of other interesting things that you'll do in your home. So if that's something that you do with your console, maybe PlayStation VR is something that the bundle you should look into. So that kind of covers a lot of the different consoles, the VR, the big sort of titles. Again, Best Buy, the time between November and December. If you want to get a good TV, that is the time to do it. I don't know anything about the PC market, if Newegg is good during this time, but I'm going to assume they are. Well... Honestly, for all other parts except for RAM, you're you should look towards um, Black Friday and Cyber Monday have already passed. But if you, if you're willing to wait it out, that's when I bought all the parts for my PC that I write all of my reviews using um, and play all of those games on. Currently, RAM is actually going through a shortage, and the RAM oh. that I bought, yeah, it's 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 insane. The RAM that I bought for my computer, two sticks of RAM, four gigabytes each, so I haven't. Eight, eight, I have uh, eight gigs of RAM in my setup. Those two sticks were, if I'm right, sixty-five, seventy dollars. Now they're a hundred ten. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's not just with my that's not just with my brand. I have, if I'm right, Kingston DDR4 RAM. It's even. It's the same if you have DDR4 or DDR5. Does not matter. The prices are way up. Um, so I think one of the major takeaways, if you're listening to this, if you're looking for tips on buying things. Don't buy anything that's not on sale because even though, again, the big weekend sale is gone, 
different major companies have been extending it more and more. Every weekend, there'll be, usually be a new version of Door Busters that comes out. Look for those. Unless it's Nintendo, in which case oh, you're probably just going to get a bundle deal. <laughs> just wait five years. Um, also, actually, there's usually a deal between Christmas and New Year's because now more and more people who are older, grandparents and parents, are more accepting of video games in general. And so they'll get just gift cards because they don't still know what's out there. So if you're someone who really wants the new hotness, there might be a really good deal for you right around the corner. Don't don't rush out there. With that in mind, I know that one of the big things that I always wait for during this time period is that single-player games get major, major discounts during this time, especially at GameStop. Oh, yeah. During Black Friday, I got Assassin's Creed Origins, which I haven't had a chance to play yet, for like $35. Um, you had the brand new Wolfenstein, which just came out a month ago, down to $25. Worth it, by the way. Absolutely worth it. <laughs> Didn't you write an article about that, Otto? I, I, I believe you did. I might have written an entire thing about it where <laughs> I said that it was a fantastic first-person shooter matched up with an even better story that, you know, kind of has, for me, changed the way that I look for storytelling in FPS, in FPS games. All right, that's good to know. Um, for me, it was Horizon Zero Dawn was available for $20. And that is, I think, my favorite game of 2017 so far in the video game universe. I know I was just showing you guys a little bit on the 4K TV I just got, and it can actually it's play that. It's very pretty. It's <laughs> very, 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 very pretty. <laughs> so look for that on sale, and there's actually a new version coming out. We'll get to that in a moment. But one thing to keep in mind, I know Otto just mentioned he added, you kind of realize this, those deals at GameStop are only for new games, not for used. Oh, yeah. I, I tried to go and pick up um, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 because I'm a major fan of that entire series, and they ran out of new copies of it, and they only had used copies, which right. the, the, the new copies were selling for 20 bucks during their sale, and the, old, the used ones are something like 45 right. So I was like, well, okay. Sometimes that happens. I, I know why they do that. Um, the, th the matter is you just kind of got to look at the deals and jump on them. Read at the, the fine print. At the same time, because we live in the digital age, a lot of different um, console companies will have their own sales internally. So PlayStation, if you go to the PlayStation store, they had stuff 50, 60% off. They had Persona 5 for, I think, half off. I bought Injustice 2 for $20. I've, I've is, heard that. That is a steal. Injustice 2 is better than the first one. It's... You know, they, they took some characters out that I really liked, like Solomon Grundy they took out, and I was a little bummed out by that, but it's still a fantastic game that, like, built upon what was already there. Uh, now, if you're a PC gamer, everyone knows about the Steam sale, and it's something that is both loved and reviled at the same time. <laughs> the Black Friday one is long over. However, just as a reminder to everyone, they do another sale between Christmas and New Year's for all those gift cards that show up. Keep that in mind. Don't buy things unless it's on sale on Steam, at least until the start of the new year. Uh, and while we were talking about the single-player experiences, I, I feel obliged to mention that people will get single-player games. They will play them. They will realize that they are not for them. They will go back to GameStop mm -hmm. and trade them in. So sometimes you can pick up used copies of games after the holidays for a reasonable price as well, if that's something you're looking for. And that's actually something to keep in mind for the last thing we're going to mention, which are there is a list of new video games that are coming out. Now, these new video games are only coming out until about the 15th, and then they kind of take a break during the, the final holiday section. Horizon Zero Dawn came out at the start of this year. However, the new expansion just came out, The Frozen Wilds. 
a really great deal that's happening with that is that the complete bundle is coming out for only $50 on the PlayStation 4. So if you've never played the game and you want to, I think it's coming out in two days from when we record this. So that's a really good time to jump in on that. If you're like me and you're a, you know... A 90s kid that is hard is, <laughs> is is looking back for those memories. Sony is re-releasing uh, HD collection of Jack and Daxter: The Precursor Legacy, Jack Two, Jack Three, and Jack X Combat Racing, which you know is kind of just there. Um, <laughs> and I believe that's coming out December sixth sixth for maybe fifty dollars. Uh, don't. Don't quote me on that. It's either 50 or 60, but either way, for those four games, it is absolutely worth it. And I know I'm picking up probably right after release. That game definitely has its own cult following, especially if you are a 90s kid, so oh, I get yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Um, I know Xenoblade Chronicles, I think, just released about two days ago from when we recorded Literally this. Literally just released, yes. I don't mm-hmm. know anything about that. We haven't had time to really touch that one. The reviews are mixed, but I've heard some really good things. I've heard other people that think it's a little bit of a hot mess, so take that with a grain of salt. The one that I'm really excited about myself is Okami has a remaster in HD. I never played the original Okami, so this one has definitely caught my eye. I did the same thing with Shadow of the Colossus, getting a remaster of that. And I think I did the same with The Last of Us. Missed the original release, got the remaster. Might do the same thing here. Um, Definitely look for that one. And then um, the other thing I noticed is that, again, we were talking about this before, the VR games. December is a really good month for that. Doom VR came out on December 1st. And on uh, December 12th, Fallout 4 VR is coming out. So if you are picking up a VR bundle and you've been interested in it, now might be the time to get in on the ground floor. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I think we've covered a lot in a very short period of time. What do you think, guys? Oh, I think you got my thoughts and my two cents. I think the holidays are a wonderful time to sit on your butt and spend some free time catching up on all those games that you just got or that single-player title you really want to sink 60 hours into? Yes. Uh, I, I usually avoid open-world games now that I'm trying to review and keep things up. During the holidays, when you, you kind of have a little bit of this colder weather and you have that time off work... I, I'm also getting a copy of Assassin's Creed Origins, so you're going to have to tell me what you think of it when you play it. We're going to have to share notes. Absolutely. And I believe that's our last word about video games and holiday spending. Thank you for listening in. Did you like what you heard today and want more of our content? Check us out at www.spritesanddice.com for all of our articles, updated every week. You can follow us on Twitter at Sprites and Dice, or join our Facebook group to be notified about all of our posts and events. These episodes are possible thanks to the support of our listeners and readers, and everyone out there that loves picking up a controller or a pair of dice. If you want to support the Sprites and Dice project, please take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes or stop by our Patreon. Every dollar helps. Thank you for being a gamer. Remember everyone, life is short, so have fun gaming.